0: Worldwide Youth Radio. Hello and welcome to this episode of Youth Talk, brought to you by Kids Count UK and the Worldwide Youth Radio, and presented by me tonight, Gabe Morris. Youth Talk is the show where we discuss big issues facing the youth of today. Worldwide Youth Radio. On today's episode of Youth Talk. Well, we might all remember sex education at schools. I remember, personally, the awful 90s-esque educational videos that are on there. Hopefully they've improved today. <laughs> but we can all agree, it is fundamentally important to learn. Is the education on relationships, self, sex and health sufficient? Or is improvement needed Well, changes have been made? but well, this might come as a shock. But the first curriculum for sex education was released and implemented back in uh, July 2000. The, t- the teaching sorry, came in the following September, that was September uh, 2001. But why then in 2001? Well, there was the 1993 Education Act that attempted to cover topics that ought to be taught. But it was all a bit fake, to be honest, um, and it gave schools the freedom on teaching many topics and many were likely not covered. In 1994, the first ever national survey on sexual attitudes and lifestyles was published. This found that a massive 70% of respondents felt they had insufficient information available to them when they first had sex. In 1999, it was the birth of the sex and relationship education. This is so funny. Uh, The new term was used to acknowledge that children and young people are entitled to more than just the biological basics. In 2000, the Sexual Offences Act was finally passed by the UK government, lowering the age of consent for gay and bisexual men to 16. Now. In this first curriculum in 2001, there was a large, there was largely teaching of sex education from a biological perspective. So areas covered were fertilisation, STIs, and contraception, and many more. A clear message is that children uh, should also be taught in groups based on gender, so male and female. So, up until September 2020, much stayed the same. When a second curriculum was introduced. This was largely because public opinion changed over the last 20 years. Relationship, sex, and health education is now mandatory in schools. Although it was implemented in September 2020, and COVID has played a slight havoc on introducing this. Uh, the new guidance is far clearer than ever before, and there also is inclusion of LGBTQ issues. Parents can also withdraw their children if they wish. Although after the age of 16, it is up to the young person themselves if they wish to participate. One new focus of the September 2020 education curriculum is that of an emphasis on online relationships. It's as long as something new, COVID was going to happen, isn't it? Um, but they also are focusing on building healthy relationships with friends, families, and romantic partners. And also, very importantly, there was the inclusion of mental health and well-being. Children are expected to be taught all that as well. Well, there's loads more I can tell you about the history of uh, relationship, sex and health education. But time is pressing. So let's go to our youth panel this evening. So I'm going to go to you guys first. And I'm going to ask you, what um, do you remember about your sex education? I'll go to uh, Rachel first. Rachel what what well, welcome to uh, the show what do you remember about it
1: hi um well i don't remember an awful lot i remember a lot of cringy videos and the thing that sticks out the most to me i think i think it was in, like in year 5 when we were learning about like fertilization and there was this video of cartoon people like having a running race running towards the egg and it was all very kind of cartoonized so yeah,
0: that's kind of what I remember from it. To be honest, um, I'm exactly the same. No, they, they were awful. Those videos, weren't they? No wonder. No wonder people made fun of the the whole education. All right, <laughs> um, oh, okay. Let me go to uh, Ellie. Ellie, what what do you remember?
2: Um. Oh, so uh, similar to what Rachel just said, but another thing I always remember was um, the fact that the girls and boys were split up, always. Um, which makes, I guess, like it makes sense because like young people pretend well still are at this age To be fair like fairly immature but um but it was quite interesting because I always remember that that we never knew what the boys were being taught um and they never knew what we were being taught and it does turn out we were being taught different things um like when we were younger um and it's quite worrying because I'm 21 now. So like all of the legislation you spoke about at the beginning has only really come in in our lifetime. But by the time actually has made a real difference. Like we've already passed through the educational system. So it's quite it's worrying to think that our generation is already past the point of where like where our like sex education at school was very, very different to what it is today.
0: Yeah, you do start to think our generation is the forgotten generation and that term's being used quite a lot at the moment. Um, particularly with our age group, particularly us at university. Uh, we're going to come back to some of the issues about boys and girls being taught uh, uh, separately and different things because of that. Is, that. is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? We'll be discussing uh, that later. But I also need to introduce uh, the a new member we have on the youth panel of this uh, on this show. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Mache. Uh, how
3: are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> um nice
0: to be here <laughs> nice to be nice to meet you too um so what do you remember about sex education
3: um i predominantly remember the uh, the teachers feeling uncomfortable during those lessons and uh yeah it was quite funny
0: <laughs> um yeah it it, it it was it was quite funny um to be honest my personal remembrance of it is i don't remember much of it particularly at primary school because i was ill uh during sex education so i missed Probably about 50, 60% of them, uh, which is quite interesting. Which is also interesting. All our youth uh, panel members tonight are from Royal Holloway University. Nothing. I, don't, I mean, There's nothing in there. It just so happens but that's what's happened tonight. So thank you very much for you all being on the show tonight. We are
1: always looking for new youth board members. If you would like to join us, send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact. All comments you have heard today are individual views and do not reflect the views
0: of Worldwide Youth Radio in any way. Yes, uh, all views are independent on this uh, podcast. So I'm going to go to uh, Rachel with our first question uh, of the evening. Why do you think it's so important that sexual education needs to be taught at school?
1: I think that's a really good question. I think it's really important because I think now more than ever, sex is almost everywhere without sounding cliche it's in advertising it's in films it's in media books it's in everything we read and that's a quote a famous or controversial quote sex sells and I think it's really really important to remember that when you have all these media outlets and everything talking about sex it's important to make sure that young people understand what sex is understand how to go about sex safely. And I think attitudes as well have changed a lot in the last 20 years. So I think it's really important to make sure that everybody knows what's going on, really.
0: Uh, You say attitudes have changed. What sort of attitudes have changed?
1: Well, I think we've definitely become a lot more liberal as society. If we think back to sort of 20 years ago, even then, like, not everybody was liberal about sex I'm sure there were people who were but I think now there's a lot more focus on you don't have to get married you can have sex outside of marriage Mm -hmm. I was was talking to my grandparents the other day and they were talking about how it used to be like a huge huge no-no to be pregnant outside of marriage whereas now it's something that's kind of accepted by society. So I think attitudes have changed a lot and it's important to give young people information so they can be empowered to make their own choices.
0: Um and do you think that we are the education system the new one the 2021 what well, 2020s curriculum is up to scratch? I
1: do you, think to so. Do that? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. I think it's really good that they had changed it. I wasn't aware until I researched that they had changed it. And I think it's really good that they've included a lot of topical issues um, and not just around sex as well. They've included a lot of stuff about mental health and well-being and self-examination and a lot of the public health messages we're seeing at the moment are included in the new syllabus. So I think it's really, really good to make sure that children are learning about all of these different topics.
0: Um- before I move on to uh, the rest of the panel, why, why wasn't mental health included in the past, do you think?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that it's such an emerging field almost. Like with psychology, for example, we focus on mental health and mental health problems, yes, existed, but it was a taboo subject, a lot like sex is, or was, and nobody spoke about it and media didn't cover it. And so people weren't almost aware of it if it wasn't happening to them. So I do think it's a really good thing that new topics have been included in the syllabus because I think public opinion has changed and that's driven the changes in the
3: curriculum.
0: Um, and Masha, why do you think it's important to teach sex education, in your opinion?
3: I think it's important to teach it because um, we need to get away from a society where we have these taboo subjects because you know, if people feel uncomfortable talking about certain topics, then, uh, you know, that breeds misinformation and um, you start to learn about things from the wrong sources. And perhaps those sources tell you information that is, um, you know, not scientifically correct, or maybe it motivates you to seek uh, dangerous, uh, extreme activities that, that, you know, are supposed to help you with, with whatever um, problem you might have or or uh, questions that you might have. And I think, you know, in a context of education in general, like teachers are there to create an environment where you can ask questions freely and get informed. And, you know, the more informed we are, the the more options and the more kind of um, eased our anxiety is over our questions. So, yeah.
0: Um, When you were were studying, well, when you were learning um, about sex education at school, did you feel comfortable asking questions? Did you think the education was... Um, sufficient for you?
3: Uh, I, I think in terms of sex education, I don't think it was sufficient at the time. I think um, you know, as, as Ellie mentioned previously, you know, the boys and the girls were separated. So like um I think there are lots of questions that the boys might have later on about what's going on with with um you know, through a girls um perspective, and we don't really get that perspective um and without understanding Uh, sex for for both sexes and for for all other sexes, is kind of, you know, again, spreads misinformation and we want to have sufficient education so that we can understand um, how the people are feeling and that understanding is what creates an equal society. Um, So do you think
0: that the uh, education now should be converted so boys and girls learn together?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think they need to learn together, and um, and that's definitely going to create more understanding. And uh, I, I know that it might kind of there might be, you know, some topics that people feel a bit more uncomfortable mm. with. But I guess that is uh, with time, people grow to accept that, and it will feel more uh, like uh, more chill and, and more kind of normal. Um,
0: what about you, Ellie? Do you think that Sex education should be taught separately to girls and boys.
2: No, I think it was interesting what Matty was just saying that it's so it's so important for um, both boys and girls to know what what's going on with other sexes um, and to have an understanding of that. And I think it's, the problem as well is like because sex is a it's a taboo subject, but also kind of the idea of because it is a private thing. And to be fair, obviously e, your sex life is a private thing. Um, And I, and I highly believe that it should stay that way in terms of like, you don't need to publicize it all over the internet. You don't like, you don't need to share it with other people if you don't want to, it's completely your choice. Um, But the same goes that you kind of need to have the education and the information to know kind of what is safe, how you can kind of look after yourself in situations, and you don't end up compromising yourself. Um, And I think that particularly being learning alongside girls and boys together I think that kind of would get rid of some of that and also I always remember this at school because like obviously there are always stereotypes of like the class clown and that sort of thing but there would always be some sort of joke made or like and that was always why they would split the girls and the boys for being like mucking around and being silly and the fact they wouldn't take it seriously if they were put together but actually I think like whilst a few class clowns might try when they're first put together to make some fun out of it I think, as Mache said, again, I think Rachel mentioned it as well, kind of the more it's taught, the more they'll get used to it um, and it won't become something that's funny. And I think that's the thing that's the problem is that because it is funny and people laugh at it, then they get, like, embarrassed about it and get worried about it and then nobody talks about it. But if you get past that embarrassment because it becomes this thing that's talked about and understood and people understand what is involved and how how to do it, like, kind of safely, um, then I think that's kind of the most important thing. And I think that's something that... Education
0: really needs to be emphasising. So, what you're saying there is that there needs to be an emphasis. Learning it all together will help get rid of um, the, the, the taboo aspect. Can't, can't speak <laughs> to taboo aspect of education and issues surrounding it. But we'll say say if a uh, young girl is learning about let's say for example the menstrual cycle, do you think she might maybe feel more comfortable to ask a question around girls? So could a hybrid approach where breakout rooms can occur to separate genders, would that help?
2: I think something that I always found very interesting at schools was the fact that, so my primary school there were only female teachers. I think it was the year I left we had a male teacher join the staff. So all sex education was taught by women. which I found great because obviously I am a girl and I always felt comfortable asking questions and I think that was the problem a lot the boys faced was either they were faced with talking to their dads or going to a female teacher and they were really embarrassed about it Um, and I think but the problem with that as well is because it was funny and they would joke about it they didn't feel confident enough to do it um, and to go and ask questions but I think definitely like there are certain topics that can be embarrassing to talk about in front of your peers but that's the same across everything that's not just sex like there are many different things that that could kind of classify as but I think that's what's interesting is that you can have the hybrid approach but if you know there's someone you can go and talk to afterwards after having the talk then it's like that's the same with everything isn't it after a lesson you can go and talk to someone you feel safe with whether it's a guidance counselor whether it's your teacher whether it's someone that you just feel safe with whether it's a parent and I think that was something that I was very lucky with with my kind of childhood was my parents were very much like encouraging if you have questions ask um, and whilst we may not always felt comfortable about asking them it wasn't that there wasn't ever that barrier but I know like some of my friends when we were younger definitely felt kind of a little bit they couldn't talk about it at home because it wasn't something that was spoken about um, and at school it was being in this separate environment they really didn't know what was going on so it was I think that kind of really hindered and I don't think hybrid approach would affect that because you've still got the option in your own time. To go and ask someone you feel safe with. Uh, you,
0: mean, you mentioned there uh, about boys going talking to their parents, I'm sure girls would do it the same as well, but should parents be teaching such education? Should they have full responsibility of teaching it or should it be falling on uh, teachers?
2: I think this is an interesting one actually because, and this is a discussion I've had many many times, in terms of what is a teacher's responsibility, like what, what, are they, what should they be teaching, and actually I think the problems with schooling across the board now in terms of kind of topics is there are so many things that teachers are kind of or parents leave to teachers to teach I just don't think that's right like you're a parent your your responsibility is to your child you brought them into the world they are your responsibility it's not the teacher's job to teach them absolutely everything about life um, and I think and obviously there are different types of parents and different types of teachers and the relationships between pupils and teachers and pu- and students and par- their parents varies massively so it always has to be taken into consideration but I think the lack of responsibility by some parents or taking the responsibility of parents actually is starting to cause problems because if, if their own so for example if their own son or daughter doesn't feel safe going to their parents to talk about something as as important as this that really just says a lot about their relationship um, and I don't think it should be a teacher's sole responsibility. I think it should also be down to the parents. Other people may disagree with me on that, but I think that is something that's very fundamental and I'd be interested to know what the other panellists think about that as well. Well,
0: what do you think about that? Anyone disagree? Rachel?
1: I kind of I agree with Ellie in some respects. I think um, one of the reasons that split teaching happens is there are some kind of religious grounds behind why some parents don't want their children to be taught together having said that i think even if like split teaching and different genders still occurs i think it's important to teach both groups what the other group are learning so maybe that's like a, a combination of wanting to teach say boys about the menstrual cycle and girls about i don't know i can't think of anything specific related to boys but you get what i mean um and then on the other hand as well i think It's difficult to do with like families and relationships because it's like some people have really great relationships with their families where they can talk openly and their parents have that really good dynamic with their children. But in other instances, you do have parents who maybe don't feel comfortable talking to their children or even if the parents feel comfortable talking to the children, the children might not feel comfortable talking to the parents. And I think that's where it becomes really important for the schools to cover the topics as well because then you're kind of getting that combined approach you're having the parents having that conversation with the child but in cases where maybe children and parents find it more difficult to have that conversation you've got the backup option of being taught that at school as well so you've got more options and I think kind of being taught it at school and being taught it by your parents like a joint approach is the best one to go for I think.
0: So under the 2020 uh... A new curriculum parents do have the choice to take their children out of sex education do you think that could be because on because of religious grounds
1: i mean i'm just gonna put it out there i don't know enough yeah. about the religious yeah. reasons behind why that may or may not be the case um i think part of it maybe is to do with religion um i really don't know and i think also parents do feel protective as well like there are plenty of non-religious parents who don't want their children part of it but having said that I think it's really important to get everyone involved in learning about it.
0: Um, Ellie do you want to say add anything else on to that?
2: Yeah no it's just I completely agree with Rach but I think on the other side of it as well there may be other reasons that are religious so for example if a young child has had a difficult relationship when they were younger or a sexual trauma you wouldn't really want them in a class with 30 giggling students or they may not feel comfortable in that sort of situation so I think, and also like that's the one, one of the amazing things about living in a country where you've got freedom of speech and freedom to kind of act how you will. And obviously there are like social acceptable activities, but um, but I think having the choice as well, you should never take someone's choice away from them. Um, and I think that is an important thing as well, but I th- that's what was interesting about kind of the idea of it being compulsory. But, um, but I think people also need to realize that not learning about something can come with consequences later on so it may not be that you learn about it at school, but it might. You may still need to find a way to get the information across to them, to kind of so they make sure that they're safe when they're older. But um, but again, I'm not sure what the others think about that. If there's anything else they'd like to add.
0: Um. Well, uh, Mashe, uh Mashe, do you think parents should have the choice whether or not their child gets taught sedu- sex education at school? Or should it just be compulsory for every single child going through the education system?
3: I think it's it's uh, I think it's a, it's a fine line um, you have to draw between what choices uh, people are free to make and what choices are are more restricted. Because obviously, with something like um, religion or uh, past experiences, you know, obviously these are contextual um, pieces of information that have to be taken into account when considering. Um, how you go about teaching a child about sex education. But I think mean, the wider question is, you know, why do we need sex education? And clearly it's necessary because um, this is an important topic that is part of development and, you know, uh, people need to, need to hear about it somehow. So obviously if people are being taken out of the classes um, because of whatever reason, we have to somehow circumvent that and still make sure that those people get sufficient education around the topic of sex because it's important. Um, I don't know if that answers the question, but I mean, I think that that is important.
0: No, no, you definitely uh, definitely answered the question there. If they don't get it taught, in your opinion, if they don't get it taught in the classroom, where else could they get it taught? Especially if the parents are, as I think Rachel said earlier, Unwilling to teach at our home, where else can they achieve? Well, find that support. Maybe someone's listening now and might be wanting that. I'll go to Ellie on this. Um, so I
2: think there's some interesting. So I'm not going to go straight away and say online because that is like a too broad. But um, but so for example, there are certain mental health charities or sexual health charities um, that have some very informative information online that's presented in a very educational way um, and gives you kind of. Ba- like the base facts but also they give you um numbers to call that sort of thing or like email or like private like the chat room sort of thing in terms of if you want to talk to someone about your sexual health or like how to get in contact with a sexual health clinic um, or if you're not sure about something they have amazing advice out there so if you can't ask someone about it whilst the internet can be an absolute like devil thing it actually sometimes it can be very helpful if you've got no other alternative so um But yeah, I definitely agree that there are certain things online as long as you go to official sites and official organisations. And obviously the NHS is fantastic as well. Um, We're very lucky in the country to have that. So it's kind of making the most of the online services they offer as well. And obviously the in-person ones as well if you need to go to the clinics and that sort of thing.
0: Well, the new education system, the 2020 one in September... One of the new biggest focuses in that is online relationships. So touching on what you just said there, um, Ellie, there's a lot of misinformation online. I know two different things, but it is online. Why is it so important to have the focus on online education, uh, on, I, sorry, online relationships? Uh, Rachel, why do you think it's so important?
1: Um, I think it's really important because, especially in this like COVID world we're living at the moment, Every time children talk to their friends, whatever, everything is online, number one. So I think it's incredibly applicable to what we're living through at the moment. But then also not just talking about like platonic friendship relationships, talking about romantic relationships. There have been so many um, news reports recently about online platforms being unsafe for children under the age of 16. Like we've seen countless news reports recently revealing X, Y or Z. Um, and I think it's really important to educate children on the dangers and how to be safe when creating online relationships because there's no point kind of turning around and saying don't do it because children are gonna do it and also it is part of modern life now like it happens Um, and I think the best approach to that is to kind of say okay well we'll teach children about it so they can be empowered they can make their own choices they can have the knowledge to do it safely
0: yeah yeah so do you think now this new 2020 education system do you think that is is ready for the 21st century with online and with on the whole the whole issues that take place online. I mean, you've got cyberbullying, the whole, the whole um, I mean, you can think about revenge porn, all takes place online. Is that education system robust enough?
1: I think so. And I think even if it doesn't necessarily go into complete detail about what's going on, like we've kind of discussed a combination between parents teaching children about safe relationships and the schools teaching children, but then also having charities um to go to to look up extra information having your friends having your teachers to go to to ask questions of i think there are so many great resources that young people have access to um, through this new education i think it's also important to mention as well whilst this new education kind of system or the guidance comes in telling children about online um, relationships it's not like it hasn't been explained before it was just never part of the mandatory guidance so it's not like our generation have grown up with absolutely no information about it we have been educated it's just not everybody will have been educated to the same standard and part of the good aspect of this new guidance that's come into place is making it standardized across the board so that everybody learns the same information
0: so one of the ways in which Sex education can be taught is through popular culture, and recently a TV program "It's a Sin" touched upon a lot of LGBTQ uh, issues, particularly around sex education. I haven't personally watched it, um, so try to keep try to keep the spoilers low. Um, but do you think that do you think it's important that pop culture focuses on sex education? Um, what do you think about that, Masho?
3: um I think I think, yes, but within reason, because obviously you know pop culture is not um you know different different uh different shows can have different messages and um, different motivations behind being created, so obviously we have to take all of this with a pinch of salt, and like um at the end of the day um the purpose of a you know of a show is not necessarily to inform it's kind of there to entertain um and and that has you know that has positives, but also it carries dangers. So um, you know I think with LGBT issues being shown on um, on these shows, I think with with the kind of shows that I've seen in the past that have had LGBT kind of uh, community members, and uh, it can have the effect of creating stereotypes that are not necessarily the most healthy. And then once people start stereotyping, and this becomes you know trendy. Um, because it's easy to, to you know, carry on these stereotypes, it's not very healthy because obviously uh, you're putting people in one category that might not actually reflect on who they really are. So um, so yeah, I'll take it with a pinch of...
0: Yeah. Um, so LGBTQ issues were only introduced into the sex and relationships education in 2020. Why do you think it took so long for them to get there? allow anyone to answer this
3: uh i'll go to meshe um i i think that um in general uh lgbt issues uh as a whole have have been slow to to, to develop the the momentum um you know because in general um a lot of you know a lot of different uh things in the past uh were uh you know it wasn't necessarily in the interest of everyone perhaps because people didn't understand or didn't resonate with uh with these issues and obviously when people don't resonate and this is the majority kind of um not keen on on actually getting the policies out there and getting the the education out there obviously it doesn't happen and then obviously finally when you end up with the policies in place it's kind of like well great we've made it this far but there is still a long way to go and um Mm -hmm people are still working very hard to, uh, to go further and to make sure that, you know, we have true equality where it's actually felt, you know, on, a, on a, a local level, people are actually feel like it's they can be comfortable with who they are. You know, I'm, I'm bisexual and um, yeah. I feel like from, from my experience, uh, transitioning from a uh, kind of multi-sex school to a sixth form where it was just, uh, just guys and whatever, it seems like... These the stereotypes in society definitely influence people's views, and and that also impacts how people perceive the relevance of these issues. You know, um, and if it doesn't, people are not touched by the issue. Oftentimes, people don't feel like it's it matters to them, and they don't need to do anything about it.
0: So you say you're a bisexual man. Did you feel like you still had questions after sex education? Did you feel like there was there was a whole plethora, plethora of um, content that you completely missed which wasn't which you needed to be relevant to yourself
3: yeah i I don't think the sex education i received uh ever covered um lgbt issues i think it was very uh they tried to keep it very basic and i think in general you know if if the if just teaching about the basic issues already makes the actual staff themselves who are teaching it feel uncomfortable you know teaching beyond that is it's unthinkable um yeah, you know, I, I think you know, for me, it, it was definitely a process of uh, self-discovery and self, kind of coming to the to the facts of of what it's like. And I think, um, you know, I can't speak for for people who are who are gay or straight, whatever. But like for a bisexual person, I think it's it's definitely like you question your straightness uh, because you've been brought up believing uh, in the kind of black or white. You know, you're either straight or you're gay, and any. Deviation is kind of saying, and then you question, but actually, if I was ever attracted to girls, how can I be gay? And then obviously, you finally come to the conclusion that no, there is a a different uh, sexuality, and then yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how much you know about the uh, 2020 Education Act, but I would presume you are quite relieved now that those issues are in place for for the current cohort going through that education system
3: yeah i think i think it it will be beneficial i just hope the execution will be Mm. uh you know people i think you know people who kind of misbehave and take the mickey out of these lessons and whatever i think that's partly because the teachers themselves don't necessarily feel as comfortable delivering this you know and when you when the students sense you know that kind of discomfort giving the the lesson that opens up the the kind of the opportunity to to make fun of it and take the mickey and whatever and do the popular kind of uh thing becomes the norm kind of you know it's okay to talk about it
0: um sorry just had a uh... Oh, outage there. So apologies about the sound technical issues there. Something just died. Um, You can still hear me okay, can't you? Yeah, I'm not really too sure what just happened then. Um, So do you want to just summarise in that last point you were just making, just the last few sentences, because it did just cut out then, I'm afraid. (laughs) Sorry about that.
3: Yeah, so (laughs) it's okay. Um, So basically I was just saying that teachers feel uncomfortable themselves uh, and the students see that as an opportunity to make fun of the subject. But obviously, over time, hopefully, as this becomes kind of the norm, um, the teachers grow in confidence delivering this kind of stuff. It's normal to talk about it and the students kind of accept that and it creates understanding and it's uh, it's helpful.
0: Um, so I was, I was thinking this earlier when we were talking. I think it was Ellie who mentioned it that, just remind me if it was you Ellie, that said that it was an interesting point that girls, were well, women should teach women's issues and men should teach men's issues. Is that that was you, wasn't it? Yeah. So, should people from the LGBTQ community teach those issues as well? Um, do you think that's something? I'll, I'll open this to anyone. It doesn't have to be. Um, I'm not how it answers this, but do you think do you think that should be something? Because when I, I remember watching an interview when It's a Sin came out and Russell T Davis, who's the director. That. He he said that it was important to have LGBT um, community actors playing the parts of gay people rather than straight people. And I'm just wondering, can the same thing be transpired into the teaching of sex education? As, w- as would a straight man really be able to relay, or a straight woman be able to relay those issues? I'll go to Ellie. I think that's a really
2: interesting point actually and it very interesting ties into what we're doing at the moment in my history degree because we're looking at kind of queer and gender history um, and kind of how that's a very emerging field but, um, but I think it's interesting the kind of the phrase you said a minute ago of kind of female teachers teaching female kind of um, sexual issues and males teaching male but I think that is also a problem in itself because it's kind of like a obviously you kind of expect teachers of a certain age to know what happens with both sides even if their education has been limited so it's kind of i think that's another problem is kind of the idea that women have to teach women i don't think that should be the case but again people may disagree with me on that but and again i think it's going to take time for that to change because it's a very kind of it's a very um it's been in our system quite a while so it's going to take some time for that to change but i definitely agree that to really relate to something to really understand it sometimes you really you do need to hear from well it's not sometimes you do need to hear from the people who actually experience it on a daily basis and actually know what they're talking about because I think it's, it's saying that you understand or you you kind of sympathize with someone that's all very well but it's actually you don't don't get what it's like on a daily basis of how people react to you what the challenges are that you face um and I think actually hearing from someone who's been through that I think actually that would probably give more people confidence as well. Um, And I think it was something interesting we were talking about that some people at school make jokes and are nervous about things because they're not sure about their own sexuality. And because they're not properly informed, they make fun of it and then, or they become bullies or that it becomes very, very nasty because they're so scared and nervous and vulnerable, but that's their way of expressing it. Where I think if they've got the opportunity to be properly educated and kind of all have access to the information in a safe way, hopefully over time those things that are a natural part of school at the moment will change and like I'm not going to say they'll disappear because it's very unlikely but it's kind of hopefully they will get like they will be minimized um, because people will be less embarrassed about it.
0: Anyone else got anything else I'd like to add on to what Ellie just said there Rachel?
1: Yeah so I think as well what is kind of interesting is I am I have friends who are currently in sixth form at the moment so they're like in that year group where the new education is being implemented and I think it's really interesting to see even say like three or four years like the generation three or four years younger than us they are a lot more open a lot more tolerant a lot more respective of a lot of these current issues because they've grown up kind of a few years later but more involved with the other issues that are being included in the curriculum. Um, And so I think I had a couple of very frank conversations and I really didn't expect them to be as normal about it. Because I kind of, I talk about sex quite openly because I'm very much of the opinion it should be normalized. Like it shouldn't be a taboo subject. Um, And it did shock me actually, because sometimes talking to people of my age group you do get the reaction that's like, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed to talk about sex, or like, oh my goodness, you're talking about that in public. But it seems to be with the slightly younger generation, they're a lot more confident to talk about it. And I think that's really good because I think there's already that change coming into place. And yeah, I, I think it's just really good. I think as a society as a whole, like much like mental health is very much accepted now as a topical issue that needs to be looked after and discussed. I think learning about sexuality and sex relationships, whatever, I think that's also becoming something that needs to be discussed more. So I think we're getting there.
0: Rachel, do you think that university students, current ones now in 2021, should they be given an updated sex education?
1: I think so, actually. Not so much updated to like, not necessarily to make up for what we didn't learn, Mm. because I think the large majority of us have found all of it out in the meantime, but I think it's definitely a good idea to talk about it because you do have charities that come in and like, I think our well-being and diversity VPs this week did a whole campaign on sex and sexual health because they wanted to spread awareness about it um, so I do think definitely not necessarily mandatory but at least giving university students the option to talk about it um, is definitely a good thing because I think the more we talk about it like Maciej said like the more normal it becomes, the less taboo it is and the less misinformation there is out there.
0: So you just said about VPs coming in. That's the right word, was it? Uh,
1: Yeah, I meant VPs as in like vice presidents vice of presidents. education, okay, cool. not like VIPs. But on that subject, actually, you've just reminded me, Um, there are charities where you do have celebrities and other people like that from the LGBT plus community who do go into schools and visit schools and talk about those kinds of issues. So I think that's something that's becoming a lot more common, um, like getting in outside experts, as it were, to talk to young children. I think that's definitely positive.
0: I mean, I'd love a celebrity to come in (laughs) to my school when I was uh, (laughs) there. I I don't know. I don't know know what the best I had was. Um, I think we had the guy from the Haribo advert. I think that was about it (laughs) for me. Um, So mental health was introduced in the... New curriculum for sex and health educations in September 2020. Ew, I, I, I guess mental health had been discussed to some extent before, but now it's it's much more included into that education. Why, why is that now there? And why was it not there before? Um, I'll open this to anyone who actually wants to answer the question. I'll go to Ellie.
2: Um, I think this is an interesting one actually because mental health in a topic and it was obviously we've done things on this and I'm assuming we probably will in the future as well it's huge but um, but I think specifically with sexual health I think there's so much that overlap between mental health and sexual health Um, and I think that's often again it's not quite well it is a bit tabooed for certain like societies but I think people don't often talk about that side of sex as well and obviously like are warnings and things about safe sex and stuff like that and it's kind of try and look after yourself and keep yourself safe and do what you're comfortable with sort of mentality but there are always these kind of horror stories or stories of people being pressured into things particularly with this kind of online social media driven world where they see something on social media and think it's normal where actually that's not reality and but they've been brought up to kind of just accept what they're being fed um, and not question it i think that's the real problem is they don't challenge what they see they just assume that's factually true um and I think kind of having mental health as an element of sexual health education is really important because people do need to realize that anything that's tied with emotions which sex is and definitely relationships as well there's going to be mental health implications positive and negative um because obviously a lovely relationship is wonderful and that's very like good for your mental health but obviously there are going to be negative ones and obviously not every relationship is perfect not every day is a sunny day so you need to kind of be aware of that I think sometimes with our disney education that we've had of the happily ever afters and it's all lovely which have got problems in their own in terms of representation and stuff but um it's amazing that they've kind of got um you've got this chance to really see through mental health education as well what relationships can be like and realities and giving people that chance to be honest and open and not bottle it up and then get very ill because they don't talk about it or end up in situations where they're not safe.
0: That's a new phrase I haven't heard before, positive mental health. Usually when we talk about mental health it's always linked to uh, negative stuff. Not to get sidetracked but from a um, <laughs> in sex and health what what is the positive mental health you could get from the relationship?
2: Well I think it depends. I think everyone would have different definitions of this but I think there is this whole idea of being in a healthy relationship healthy loving relationship that really is a very like fulfilling part it's such a cliche I'm sorry but it's true like if you're actually kind of it's like I really that's what's one of the things I've always really valued growing up is my parents have got one of the most lovely relationships and they've been such an example to me and my younger sister in terms of what truly loving relationships can be um, and how open and honest they are and you just like you just see them kind of bounce off each other and just being in each other's presence gives them that kind of like so for example someone might be having a bad day but just being around that other person that they just absolutely adore just brings them up and it and it rate like raises the entire household's mood and i think that kind of that is a positive mental health change and um, i don't know if the others have got kind of any other thoughts on that well i'll go to
0: Masha. do you think introducing mental health into the educational system uh well learning about it maybe not introducing it um do you think that's gonna make a positive change on negative mental health
3: yeah i think so i think in general like um as as ellie kind of talked about it um you should you should have the honesty in your relationship with someone and like you know if you feel comfortable talking about what sort of things Uh, You enjoy and what sort of things you don't enjoy, you know There, there should be that freedom because at the end of the day Nobody wants to be in a position where they're in a relationship where they are just pleasing someone. It's a it's a mutual um, kind of arrangement, so um, your mental health naturally would would decline if if you're in a situation Mm -hmm. where you were just uh, You know being taken for a ride basically and so much was taken out of you in, in fact, you know your mental health would just be kind of declining so so yeah, I think it's very important that you have honest uh, relationships with people. And, and uh, that definitely leads to good mental health today, even. we, Me and Rachel um, learned about, um, uh, in health psychology, about uh, you know holding someone's hand is, is good for our, our mental health. Because um, it releases all sorts of positive hormones. So so de- it's definitely very important for our relationships. Um, yeah.
0: Um- you mentioned there uh, about having honesty to talk. Do you think people do have the honesty to talk about it? Do you think people do open up about these issues to each other, or or is it something we just bottle up?
3: I I think that I think that um, in in terms of in terms of honesty, sometimes um, there isn't the kind of freedom to be direct with people. I think. Uh, in, in, you know, I, I think in, in certain places people are brought up having fairly uh, thin skin and, and uh, you know, the, being honest often comes, comes across as being uh, rude or, or being, you know, uh, trying to, you know, talk about mm-hmm. something very personal. But in fact, actually, uh, you're just trying to be honest and trying to say what you, how you feel and understand how somebody else feels. But that obviously um is not taken across very well and i think definitely it's important through this you know new curriculum and everything that's happening for people to actually understand that it's okay it's okay to talk about this stuff and and it isn't uh people trying to you know be rude or trying to find out personal information or whatever it's just people trying to have a conversation so
0: we have discussed a lot about the past and the present of sex and health education but what about the future what does the future need what do you think about that what do you think the future needs rachel
1: i think we're sort of at a very like i would say it's a turning point almost Mm. historians always talk about what are the turning points in history And I feel like this is very much, or like the next 10 years or the previous 10 years, we're very much at a turning point with regards to sex, relationship, health, education. I think from here, it's only going to continue to kind of be normalised, be spoken about, be talked about. And I think to continue as we mean to go on, continue improving, continue expanding our knowledge, continue talking about it with young people and educating everybody. And I think from there it can only get better. Um, And hopefully at some point, like in the future when I have kids, it will be completely normal to talk about sex and it won't be like, oh my goodness, you're talking about sex. It will be like, oh yeah, that thing. And that's kind of where I hope it'll end up.
0: Yeah, well, so you say we're at a turning point right now. Do you think, can it go too far?
1: I mean what's too far i suppose i'm
0: uh, asking you do do, do, do you think you can
1: i don't think there's a concept of too far but i think i think it's understanding what society is ready for Mm. and i think that's a big thing to kind of discuss because i think we can only move at the pace society is ready to take the information there's no point trying to move a million miles ahead if the society we live in isn't ready to take that step and I think constantly talking and discussing it is a way to help society get used to the ideas and bring things forward. But I think it's a case of doing what we're doing at the moment, talking about sex on podcasts with our friends, with our family, yeah. like almost like spreading the messages that we want to be spread back to us. And the more and more we do that, the more we talk, the more we discuss, the more we're open about it, the more open things should become and the better things will be.
0: Well Ellie what about you what would you like to see in the sex and health education curriculum when the next one comes along hopefully maybe quicker than 20 years?
2: Yeah that would be nice although as yeah, as the historian on the panel I'm not overly convinced. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do like Rachel's reference there to taking time but um, no I think it's just kind of just emphasising well, what Rachel's already said pretty much and just kind of society will change and evolve to suit the kind of circumstances of what's going on in the world and thankfully some countries are moving forward but that's the other thing as well, countries are moving at different rates local communities are moving at different rates as well, so, and you can't expect everyone to just drop everything and go, yep, that's fine, I accept everything I understand everything, I'm willing to be educated because not everyone will Um, that's just a part of life and that's not just a kind of a generational divide that's also within our own age group um, with younger generations so it's kind of I think it really does depend but I think having the information out there and having that open and honesty and kind of just that yeah just a general openness really and giving people the chance to learn when they're ready as well I think that's the other thing it can't be forced onto someone it has to be when they're ready um but yeah it just it really is kind of the entire topic is but um but I think also just having that information should help in the future Um, and I think in terms of legislation I just I hope that it continues and we keep moving forwards and keep learning and keep understanding and making efforts to understand different communities and different people's identities but also kind of there was a big point today actually we were looking at kind of you you can try and understand or learn you can learn about someone's identity but you'll never fully understand it And it's the same with anything really in life. Like, you, because we're not living in each other's skin and we don't live everybody else's lives, we will never fully understand what everyone else is going through emotionally. And we have to accept that. It's just a fact of life. So it kind of is part of that as well. You know that it's not that there are boundaries to knowledge as such, but it's kind of you need to be aware that different people will react differently. And that's just how life works, unfortunately. And it always will be. That's how humans work. We're programmed to do that. So I think as long as we keep moving forward, it should... Continue
0: in a good frame. Some really interesting thoughts there, Eddie. And last but not least, Mashe, do you have anything else you'd like to add about what you'd like to see in the future?
3: I just, I just hope that um, that people are um, more, um, more or less open to to having a conversation. Because at the end of the day, like you know, you can feel uncomfortable about uh, something and you're entitled to feel that way Um, but um, to listen is you know it's a a small expectation I think and I think people need to have that um, willingness that's all I want to add
0: Thank you very much All comments
1: you have heard today are individual views and do not reflect the views of Worldwide Youth Radio in any way We are always looking for new youth board members If you would like to join us send us a message at www.worldwideyouthradio.com forward slash contact
0: Worldwide Youth Radio Well that just about brings us to the end of this podcast some very interesting views there we have discussed today on well relationship sex and health education well we've talked about is it sufficient we've talked about the changes the history of it what we'd like to see in the future is it's been incredibly uh, interesting. If you are listening to this live on the Worldwide Youth Radio website, you can, of course, go back and listen to it again on the website or on your favourite podcast streaming providers on Spotify, it's on iTunes. And if you are listening to it on one of those providers, well, well done. You've obviously found it. And have a look at the other podcasts that we have already made. We talked about COVID and education. We talked about self-care. And we will, of course, talk about more issues in the future. Do go and tell your friends all about this podcast. Share it on your socials, and put a poster up in your town or do whatever you want. (laughs) But um, thank you for listening. This has been Youth Talk, brought to you by Kids Count UK and the Worldwide Youth Radio. Until next time, stay safe, and we will see you then. Worldwide Youth Radio.